Two in. Let's go. Sergio and the vet. Sergio is back. He may sound a little different because he's got a new headset, but bear with him. Sergio, how's it going? Yeah, what's up, man? Another week of exciting wrestling. Yes, it's so exciting. I couldn't wait to talk about it all day long. I was just thinking like, man, I can't wait to get home and just record this podcast and talk about my favorite thing in the world, professional wrestling. Um, Speaking of podcasts, did you watch uh, our favorite, The Finest, uh, Conan Reeves on the Dan Matha podcast? No, but when you told me that it was on, I remember asking you, to which you did not reply, like, does this guy have any guests with charisma? <laughs> hey, Conan Reeves is charismatic. Uh, so they, it's funny because you, you were talking about Dan Matha, and like I'm watching it, and I was almost getting kind of bored because he kind of just keeps – he's interviewing Conan Reeves, but really he's kind of interviewing himself. Yes. <laughs> talking he about did, He did the same uh, thing. He did the same thing with uh, Riddick. Like, I was sitting there waiting to talk about Riddick and hear what he has to say, and he didn't say much. Yeah, it's not a, not the best formula. I don't know. There was a, I, didn't, I didn't hear it all, but there was a couple of... It was, it was cool hearing Conan Reeves, uh, you know, hear his journey into pro wrestling. He's been, you know, a lifelong fan and this and that. So that's always good to hear. But yeah. I mean, did, did, did he say anything interesting at all? Conan Reeves? Yeah, because what you said just sounded very generic. But like, did he tell anything specific, or or did he have have any interesting stories or anything like that? Or did Dan Matha even let him say any? They did a lot of football talk, which I'm not interested in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to hear wrestling. I didn't really hear if from where I'm at. I didn't finish it, but I didn't really hear anything interesting other than like you know hearing him joining uh, office Samoan school in Orlando and. And getting signed at 23. So I guess he's been working now for a while. So I guess he's been with the company for five years. Uh, well, uh, yeah. But he's, he's been injured. So I think he's going to be ready to be back in about three or four months. In case you're wondering, case you're wondering where the finest has been. Oh, I know where he's been. He's been in the front row, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to, to the right on the entrance ramp, stage, stage right. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, look, we're we're trying to have an entertaining podcast, so let's stop talking about Kona Reeves, and let's talk about what's new in the world of professional wrestling. All right, we got some exciting WWE news. Uh, so they're actually set to resume live programming this month. Um, so it looks like beginning from the uh, go-home show of SmackDown, August 21st, they're going to start doing live shows uh, starting then. Which is going to be obviously the uh, Go Home SmackDown. Then we have SummerSlam. Then we have NXT Takeover. Then we have Raw. Uh, the news though is that uh, the location for the uh, everything except for NXT, which is SmackDown, SummerSlam, Raw, it's going to be not at the Performance Center. There's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, unknowns. There, there, is there going to be fans? We're not sure. They're not sure where it's going to be located. They're thinking somewhere on the East Coast. You know, possibly a uh, you know, New York or something. Uh, the word right now is that TakeOver is still going to be held at the Performance Center. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that. And there's something about, I don't know, a live wrestling show just makes it a little bit more interesting versus knowing it was taped. You know, and speaking of uh, live shows, I heard, so I, I think we mentioned it last week on how, I guess in the history of WWE, this was their most profitable quarter ever. And a lot of it has to do with not running house shows. And I guess the rumor now is when, when or if or when we go back to uh, full crowds, 
they're not going to be doing house shows anymore. Mm. Yeah, I uh, well, I didn't hear about this this news that you're that you're saying here. I didn't read about this. So, what's the source oh. on it? Uh, the source is um, oh, let's see here. I always go to Wrestling Inc. But uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so um, yeah, that's uh, that is interesting. Uh, you know, one thing I would say, and I guess I guess Ring of Honor is going to start doing tv again pretty soon too just on that note it's really not worth saying any more than that um because it's well, just yeah, ring, I, I ring of a, honor and nobody cares but you know since you bring this up yeah i read and mentioned that they're going to be doing something that fans have never seen before i don't know what exactly that entails uh well for ring of honor probably nothing that's probably they're just going to go back to taping um or or maybe it's maybe it was whatever they're gonna do. Fans are never going to see. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably more accurate to uh, to Ring of Honor. So, um, yeah, this is a uh, it, it's an interesting time for live shows. You now, what about you? You said I heard about um, this too. The Fozzie was doing their concerts and stuff. They've been they've been running in a few places where like the North and South Dakota or something where the cases were way down. They've been having shows. Um, yeah. And I guess, I guess someone complained that it was crowded and no one was wearing their mask or whatever. Um, but you know, whatever, nonetheless, but yeah, so that's exciting. They were supposed to come here to Louisville and I was ready to go. That's right before COVID hit, then COVID hit. And then, uh, Fozzie rescheduled their entire tour and just took Louisville out of it. So I'm like, fuck, so if I want to see them, I either have to go to uh, Indianapolis or Nashville, you know. Yeah, well, I mean that might be worth it. Depends. Depends how bad you want to get out of the <laughs> you want to get out of the house and have a show. But uh um yeah, so now the interesting thing is about the house shows. Now I was thinking about this quite a bit. One of the reasons like the house show business was very uh like it was it was doing very badly. Um, even before this, you know, obviously, well, obviously had to be doing badly before this cause they haven't been doing it at all since this, but, uh, you know, it costs money to rent a building. And, um, if you're not making enough money on the house, then you're actually losing money on the house shows. Cause you gotta, not only do you gotta rent the building, then you gotta pay everybody that worked there. So there's some sorry ass house show cards and going to see the house shows when we were kids, that used to mean you got to see good matches. Now it's like, who knows what it means? Um, you're, you're, you're probably just going to see a bunch of guys that, you know, you don't see on TV just because they're the only ones that'll work house shows. So it's very disappointing a lot of times to go to a house show. I don't think they need to stop running house shows. I think they need to have less house shows, you know, in general, it should be something yeah. that, should be an event that because they it, it gets to the point where you know they they come to the same towns like at least twice a year for most places and i bet that in the smaller towns that they don't visit as often i bet those houses are probably up because they don't get a chance to to go so when they get a chance to go they're gonna go and then if they go let's say you're in some small town um you know and then you you're you get a house show, a WWE house show, and you go there and like, you know, the main event is like 
a Bailey and Nikki Cross or something, you're probably not going to go back next time. You know, you got to have like a good, uh, and I'm not using those two women as examples of like a bad, you know, like they're bad people. Just those are just the first two names that came to my mind at the time um, that people have seen enough of on television and wouldn't want to go see again at a house show, you know? So, you know, that's how, that's how towns get killed and that's how house shows drop. Um, you know, you, you'd be packing people in on house shows, you know, when Steve Austin was on top. Um, yeah, for sure. I remember seeing a house show in some rinky dink, like college campus, small gym or whatever. And it was like, we're, we're talking about, it was like Bret Hart versus Vader, Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, Undertaker versus, who was it? Sid? Might have been Sid. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. But, but, uh, yeah, those like, like, and it didn't, it didn't look right being in, in basically like what looks like a high school gym, but you know, that's what a house show was back in like 96, you know, now, you know, who, who, who would want to pay for a house show? You know, you might as well just wait till, you know, raw or SmackDown, the actual TV taping comes around and go see that. So I just think they need to re look at their entire, um, booking and scheduling plan and you don't have to stop house shows entirely but you should cut out the town you know like cut out the towns that you go to too often and the ones that don't make money and um you know that that'll give the uh that'll give the talent a little extra time off too you know it, it normally the schedule would be four days on uh three days off right that's what the wwe runs now yeah they, yeah you know, or they did before. So you, yeah, you know, some of those would be, you're, you're looking at a TV and two house shows, right? And the rest of the, the rest, the, the fourth day is like travel, you know, all cumulative travel. Right. So now you could be like, you know, one TV and one house show and have an extra day off. I mean, that would work, but they got to figure all that out and they got people in place for that. So yeah, the, I've, <clears throat> I'd imagine they are going to do shows, house shows, and I also imagine it'd be like joint rosters because you can't really sell a house show like with let's say just SmackDown brand. You know what I mean? Then you're kind of back to where you were before. So I yeah. bet they'll do how I bet they'll run house shows like if they did like if they did a house show right now, it'd basically be the SummerSlam card so the guys can practice their matches, mm-hmm. and as a fan, you get to see all the stars and this and that. But it's funny because. You know, as they say, it's more of a family crowd, which it is. Because guys like us, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll take my kid, but I'm, I have no desire to go to a house show because we, we know that nothing's going to happen. It's just, you know, I mean, we'll go to a TV taping, but it's, but it's funny how it's a different. I mean, I've been to an AEW show, NXT shows, house shows, TV tapings. It is, it is a different crowd. You know, like when I've gone to NXT or AEW, it's pretty much guys like us. You know what I mean? When I've gone to house shows. You have a bunch of little kids with families, you know? Yes. Uh, it is different. But I, I prefer the I prefer the work on a house show because I get to see, you know, the guys do what they do. Um, when, I, when I go on TV, I know I'm not going to see that, you know? <laughs> it's like yeah. you used to go to TV and you'd see like a four-minute match or something and just a bunch of like promos and, you know, you, you watch a lot of TV going to TV. Get to watch the Titan Tron a lot, uh, you know. But um, 
uh, it is different when you when you go to the house shows because you get to see the guys try some different stuff. And as a worker, that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in your match to get the storylines across. Um, I, I'd rather see like what the guys are going to do. Like, you know, how, how can they be different without the pressures of TV time and stuff like that? That's what's interesting to me. Um, but that even that, you know, like that's not again, I want to see the certain guys and some of the some of the cards that I've seen for house shows and local house shows and stuff in the past few years have looked pretty sad. I remember when um, one time uh, I was talking to JTG and he said, you know, he, I was like, so you're going to be coming to uh, Sacramento pretty soon. And he's like, yeah, you want tickets? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't want to watch that shit um but uh you know so yeah well, they'll, they'll figure it out I, I went to a house show a couple years ago and yeah it's just it wasn't that great it could be great it just won't be just we know you know what i mean we know plus i mean you know there's like as you mentioned earlier you know back when we used to go see all the stars now it's like You'll get a couple stars, and the right, you know, you got a lot of guys that aren't on TV. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, so let me pull up some more news here. Um, excuse me for being unprepared. Or I'm prepared, I just can't find it. Here it is. All right. Uh, here's some big news. So we have uh, Marty Gennetti apparently claimed that he made a man, quote-unquote, disappear and <laughs> alleged his self-defense from rape. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently this happened, I want to say, uh, well, I'll, re- I'll read the news article. So basically, he almost got raped. Um, he, says, he says, and I quote, I almost got raped. If I couldn't have handled myself, that dude would have raped me, uh, Marjorie said in an interview. I didn't say I killed him. I said he disappeared. Uh, that post has since been deleted. Um, apparently, um, he mentioned that he went to the front desk at a local bowling alley in Columbus, Georgia, as a clerk who worked at the establishment was allegedly a known marijuana dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, what he didn't know was that he lured in little kids, according to Janetti, and the much larger man wanted a deal to go down in a vehicle outside Janetti said he worked in the back of the business while his alleged attacker worked at the front desk. But he reached over and grabbed me down there, and he goes, what's this? And I was like, no, 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 I jumped back. Janetti further alleged of the event that he claimed happened in broad daylight. It was then that the rock star wrestler, well, Marty Janetti was calling that, so the man dragged him out of the car in the direction behind the bowling alley and allegedly tried to remove Janetti's pants. Uh, Janetti said, I probably don't need to say this, but there was a brick laying there. Uh, what I said in my Facebook post, I'm not going to lie about nothing. What do you do when you're 13? Uh, he then says, I can't say he deserves to, I can't say he deserved to be killed. I didn't say I killed him. I can't say he deserved to die, but he deserved to get his ass beat. And when I was beating him in the head with a brick, I was only trying to beat his ass. I wasn't trying to kill him. So it's kind of, it's interesting because he's trying to say that He's not saying he killed him, but at the same time, he's admitting he killed him. So <laughs> apparently, they're apparently they're investigating it. Um, 
I don't know if Gennetti was messed up. I'm I'm sure you've seen plenty of Marty Gennetti shoot interviews where he's kind of messed up every in every one of the interviews. Um, yes. Have you seen that? No, yeah, no, so. but I, I know of the reputation. I haven't watched any yeah. Marty Gennetti shoot interviews, but I've definitely I know he's been having some drug problems for basically this his entire life. Obviously, yeah. you're talking about a 13 year old buying weed from a guy that worked at a bowling alley. <laughs> okay, yeah. so if you if you need any more proof or admittance that this guy's got a drug problem, um, there you go. That's how it all starts. Yeah, so they're going to be investigating it. Uh, uh, the police captain in that town said that uh, they're going to focus on missing persons during the years 73 through 75 as a point of reference. Um, yeah, that's that. Um, we'll see what happens, man. It kind of reminds me of the old uh, Scott Hall story. Remember, what was his deal? He was real young, too, and I guess he was bouncing and he killed a guy or something, and it really messed him up. I've heard that, but I've never heard the story. I've heard that Scott Hall killed somebody in self-defense or something like that, or or whatever it was, an accident. But I, I don't know the story. I don't I don't know what actually happened. Do you? Yeah, um, I, I forgot the details, to be honest. But okay. he killed somebody. It wasn't like murder. I think it was like, a, it might have been self-defense as well. I don't remember exactly. But I don't think I don't think we think about... You know, I'd imagine killing someone in self-defense, you know, but I don't think we think about the trauma that occurs even when you are killing, just killing someone in general. That's not something I never really thought about, but mm -hmm. apparently, you know, according to these stories, I mean, I guess it could be pretty traumatic. Oh, definitely. And actually, it's funny you say that because I have thought about it. I've never, um, I, it's, it's a pretty serious deal for me. I don't really, uh. Uh, but I have thought about that. Like, is is there some circumstance where I would kill a man? And I have to say no, um, just personally for me. Um, that's not something I feel like I would be able to to do. If I if it if it ended up being where it, it accidentally happened, um, that's still kind of tough. But maybe I could deal with that. Like, well, it happened. You know, there's nothing. Obviously, if it's something like that, like a self-defense situation, like Marty Jannetty's describing, if that same story had happened to me, um, you know, then yeah, you know, that that's got to be rough. But uh, it's still like um, you could kind of get over that. Um, I think it's probably easier to get over if you are planning on it. You know, in a way. But it's a, but it's a huge deal when you kill somebody. I mean, that's like it's a huge deal, and we kind of casually throw it around sometimes. And there's so many movies and video games and stuff like that. But you know, I like uh, you know I like movies and I like video games, and I've seen I've seen a million fake deaths and I've caused a million fake deaths. But I don't like watching the news. I'm not gonna watch YouTube videos of people dying. I'm not gonna do that, like of any kind, whether it's somebody falling off something or getting hit by a train or whatever this is like. I'm not gonna watch that. Um, I just don't wanna see it. You know, that stuff really does bother me. So, you know, I can only imagine if like I had taken part in it, but um, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here for one second <laughs> and listen to you claim that you've never Googled death by horse cock uh yeah you're gonna sit there and listen to me say it because i never did uh but i know that video that you're referring to <laughs> so you can tell me how it was but um in any case uh yeah so so this is so this is interesting 
um, what Marty's saying. And like you said, he's not, he's saying he's not admitting to it, even though he admitted to it already, but that's just because that's what he, he's got to say. Right. And I don't think that the Georgia police department is really going to put a, you know, they're going to drop everything they're doing and, um, you know, really look into this seriously. I think they're saying that just so that, you know, it sounds good in the public view, but, um, but yeah, what's interesting is that the, the information and the details that he has do line up. Like he said um, that his brother just came back from Vietnam. That's why he didn't tell his brother because his brother would go kill him. I don't know what he meant by that because the guy already died, but it maybe perhaps he meant that if the, if Marty knew that this guy was, he called, he called him the gay slur that starts with an F, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in the original Facebook post. Um, so they knew that he was that guy and maybe he was just saying like, if he didn't hit this guy with a brick and went and told his brother, then his brother definitely would have killed him. But anyways, saying that, saying that, um, in 1973, he, that's when Marty Jannetty would have turned 13 or would have been 13. Yeah. He was and, yeah. And so, Vietnam ended in 75. So it's possible that his brother could have gotten back, you know, around that time, you know, or any time before that. So that lines up. Um, he said, he, he said that the, he said that he dumped the body in the Chattahoochee river, which does go through Columbus, Georgia. And they do have a Victor victory lanes, family bowling center in Columbus, Georgia too, which is on, which was on Fort Benning road, which is right next to the Chattahoochee river. So, like, if he's making all this up for some reason, uh, he did his homework first. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah. it, it could be it could be true. Uh, there's no point in coming out and saying it. It's it's not a you know it's not going to do anything good for him. Um, but you know, this is a it's just one of these crazy stories. It's out there. Yeah, I wonder what. Let's say, let's say he they investigated and they found him guilty. Like, okay, so you know, it's I go what's that second degree murder, self defense. I'm sure he's still getting a solid what ten years in jail or something, prison. I don't know. I don't really know because there may be a like, there may be a statute on this type of thing too. Like, it, it was this this would have been forty years ago almost, right? Yeah. No, 50, almost 50. 40, I mean, like yeah, 47, 40, 47 years. Yeah. 47 years ago. So I don't know if there's like, you know, if he's, if he's confessing to a, a missing person's case and he said he found out, and that's another thing. He said he found out about it on the news that the guy was missing, you know, even though he knew why, but it wasn't like he was surprised finding it out, but he just said, you know, it was, it was very surreal to, uh, to know exactly what the news is talking about when they don't know when they're just reporting this missing, this missing person. So it's interesting because the, the Georgia police department said they're looking for any missing person. They'll, they'll look at, see if they have any missing persons cases. And it's like, well, the news reported a missing persons case that, you know, yeah, yeah. right when that happened. So, you know, that, that just, if you, you know, if that shows you what the Georgia Police Department, how inept they are or whatever, um, there you go. But uh, 
It also says here that the Georgia Bureau of Investigations website does not list any unsolved murders before 1980. So either the records didn't go back that far, they like they didn't start counting until 1980, or they just didn't file this, or whatever the case. But you can imagine if you're if you're a sexual predator and you're working at a bowling alley, um, you might be you it's it's a very possible situation that you don't have any family or friends and you're like living alone and there'd be nobody to miss you or claim you you know yeah yeah interesting yeah i don't think anything should happen to marty Gennetti because of this whether it's true or not i mean there's there's really no point like what are you going to teach him a lesson like what <laughs> i know yeah it's not like he's going to learn anything from this so um <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not. Also, this week we've had the uh, the unfortunate passing of former WWE star Kamala, who passed away at the age of seventy. Uh, right now, the the uh, cause of death is unknown, but he has had some health issues within the past few years. Uh, one of which, I guess, he had a battle with diabetes that required him to have his legs amputated back in two thousand fifteen, which. Which uh, I'm not sure if I knew or if I maybe I forgot, but that's that's kind of crazy. He had yeah, both he, of uh, his legs amputated. Yeah. Huh. I crazy. didn't know that. Is that yeah. true? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he's been uh, going going around with no legs for however many years? Five years. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I I also well I read that uh. His wife had said that he went into the hospital or he got tested and he tested positive for COVID on uh, last Wednesday. And mm. he went he he was admitted into the hospital that, you know, that day and he was staying overnight, I guess, uh, for testing and, and care and other things. And he was in good spirits and just seemed fine and everything like that. And then the next either morning or afternoon he went into cardiac arrest and died um, oh wow that's quick yeah that's according to his wife so um yeah that's i mean like you said he was 70 so he's not a young man uh but it's still you know for an iconic character like that you know we you know it's still kind of you don't want to hear it it's sad to hear yeah, I saw a clip. Somebody posted a clip. It might have been Elijah Burke um, of Umaga and Kamala in the ring throwing punches at each other. And I was like, I was like, man, that had that had to have been what fifteen years ago, maybe give or take. So mm -hmm. Kamala would have been fifty-five, but he mm -hmm. wasn't taking any bumps. He was just, you know, selling for the most part. Yeah. So, um, so originally, the way the character came about was, I guess he was already working. I don't know how long he'd been working. Um, but he was working as Sugar Bear Harris. And then he went and he met Jerry Lawler at a show. And Jerry Lawler was like, you know, he, he said, I'd like to wrestle for you. And Jerry Lawler was like, has anybody seen you? And he's like, no. And he said, you know, OK, well, go home and uh, and, you know, we'll we'll get in contact with you and we'll come up with something. So Jerry Lawler came up with the entire gimmick. Um because he was always, I guess, 
looking for those big monster characters to to you know to get over on the king and then he gets his revenge type thing so he came up with a gimmick he he saw the you know he saw like a like a painting or something like that and they gave him an idea for the paint to use um on Kamala's face and just the whole the loincloth and all this stuff and the shield and the big mask and all this other stuff that he gave him and you know he found out he found out about um I guess he said he got the uh, the idea from Idi Amin, who was the president of Uganda, who was a known cannibal, uh, an admitted cannibal. So, you know, he yeah. got that he got that idea. And um, there's a city in Uganda called Kamala. So there it is, Kamala the Ugandan giant. And he did that gimmick where they didn't want him to do any actual like wrestling moves. It was always just like chops and you know trying to bite and you know all that stuff that he did. And I heard recently Jim Cornette talking about it, saying, you know, that part of that was also because it's just Jim saying this. I don't know how true it is because I never saw him work before, but apparently he was just rotten. So they decided since he can't work anyways, you know, we got to give we got to find a way to, like, cover that up. So that's what they came up with. Uh, that was part of it. So. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, he he had a WWF run. That, that's where we saw him. So. What are you? What are your, yeah. uh, you know, Kamala memories? If you have, you know, a few. Yeah, I just remember seeing him as a kid. Um, you know, as a young kid, I guess he was one of those characters I wasn't, you know, like too crazy about. But I guess he made his Raw debut. Well, he made his WWE debut in '84. Okay, so I was wondering if I had saw him in other promotions. Um, maybe it was just WWE because he also wrestled in a WCW, USWA, You're... which I used to follow. Mm-hmm. You wrestled yeah, everywhere, so, man. You wrestled yeah. everywhere. At some point or another, he was in all the major promotions, I feel like. Yeah, didn't he didn't he have a feud with the Warrior at one point? I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Man, there was a lot of like dude, the character was you know, he got a lot of mileage out of that character. Like like we we have to give him credit for that at least. Mm-hmm. Because that you know it's it, that's the kind of character we talk about now when we talk about you know um we look at it probably in the same way that you look at it when you talk about like the yelling foreign heels where you're just yeah. like does that really get over you know um and i don't think it would get over now but it definitely got over then to the point where everybody just kind of accepted it and it's like he started out probably being way more menacing and evil than he ended up being. But once you get in the WWF, you're a fucking cartoon. Like at that point, once, you, once you're working for Vince, you're a cartoon now. So they, they did, oh, yeah. you, you know, um, they had, you know, the stuff where like slick was trying to teach him how to bowl and, you know, they would have like, uh, all kinds of ridiculous stuff. But the, the stuff that I remember that was actually cool was, I remember he had a program with the undertaker and there's like a famous like set of vignettes that you often see where the undertaker is building a, a coffin. And that was for that feud where he was building like a, a specific specifically sized coffin for Kamala. And those were for matches from, I want to say they were like in SummerSlam um, 92, they had a match. And then in survivor series that same year, they had like a, a casket match. Um, and 
that may have been the first or at least one of the earlier casket matches that the undertaker had. And I just remember it was so good because like Kamala was scared of the casket and he sold that casket. Like it was, you know, it, it was, it was crazy how good he did it. So it was very believable in the sense of like him just committing to the character and yeah, it's ridiculous if you really think about it, but he, um, you know, he committed to it. So we all just went along with it. Um, which that's one of the problems with wrestling now, even when it's like, when people do stuff, you're just like, you don't believe this. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're seeing, um, you know, uh, uh, let's say Santana and Ortiz beating up Trent's mom's minivan. You're just like, you don't, you don't, what am I supposed to do with this, bro? Like you don't fucking care about this and neither do I. Um, but Kamala, but Kamala looked like he was so afraid of that casket and he didn't want to go in it. So, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. And that the vignettes with the undertaker, um, those are like early speaking vignettes for the undertaker because he didn't usually say much back then, but him building that coffin and everything, it was fucking cool. So go back and look at those. Um, if you don't remember, um, but yeah, man, just, uh, I remember thinking when I was a kid, like, well, come on, see, I didn't have a chance to wonder about that shit. As soon as I started watching wrestling, I've told this before, but like my parents and anybody else, you know, my anybody else in my family or anybody that saw me watching wrestling or whatever would just be like, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. It's like they wouldn't let me enjoy it. I couldn't even have a <laughs> chance to question whether it was real or not. They just would not let up on it being fake. And I'm just like, OK, I get it. Can I just watch it, please? Um so like I never had a chance to wonder if Kamala was really a, you know, a savage from the, from Africa or anything. I just it's like, well, this is just a regular guy in a loincloth, but whatever. That's what they're giving me, so that's what I'm, you know, that's what they're well, selling. Saw, so I'll buy it. Yeah, I saw his name like it's like James Harris or something. I don't know why I was expecting something like foreign, something that you can't pronounce. But I guess he really is just a regular American dude, you know? Just a regular dude. <laughs> he was a big American dude. Uh, I guess he was like six seven, so you know, yeah, probably, he was, he was probably around six five though. or yeah. six six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was also always in there with giant guys like the Undertaker. So sometimes it was hard, or Hogan, you know. So it was always hard to kind of gauge exactly how big he was sometimes, um, like tall, because a lot of times he was in there with big baby faces too. So you kind of you kind of lose sight of the fact of like how big he was sometimes, at least I did. Um, but yeah, one of the great gimmicks of all time, as far as like taking something ridiculous and really making an entire career out of it that just spanned decades. Um, so yeah, it's, it's sad, but, uh, um, you know, condolences to his family and friends, as we always say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. So that's all I got for the news. Um, yeah, oh, anyway. really? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I got a couple of things. Uh, so you may have heard about this, but one of the Warner Brothers executives was fired. And that um, that man was Kevin Riley, who was the content chief of Warner Media. But notably, he was instrumental in getting the AEW their television deal at TNT. So um even though 
uh, AEW has like a new deal in place. Do you remember what that was for? Like how many years? Was it three years extension or? Yeah, three year extension. I did read about this. Uh, Cody was saying not to worry about it. They're still in there. You know, they're in good. They're in good hands. Yeah. What What else is he gonna say? Oh, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cody's full of shit anyway. So, um, yeah, this is not this is not good news. Um, it's not necessarily guaranteed bad news, but it's not good news. This is, uh, you know, this could be a big deal. Um, if you, one of the reasons that wrestling had been off of TNT for 20 years is because the people that took over in the Time Warner merger were like, we don't want fucking wrestling on our channel. doesn't matter if it's cheap um, programming and it makes us money or whatever the case may be. If someone says they don't want it because they don't want to be associated with it, it's gone. Period. doesn't matter. There's been times where people have turned down profit just because they don't want to be associated with it. So, you know, this could be one of those situations. It depends on who he's replaced with and how does he feel about the product. But um, let, me, let me just say that if it's anybody that's, you know, has this idea of what traditional wrestling is supposed to be like and he's watching Dynamite, well, I'm just saying they're not putting out the best effort uh, that they could be to impress anybody. They're just doing what they want to do, you know, which is I wonder if, on, I wonder from, on the business. From a business standpoint, though, I wonder how how it works out for them financially with, uh, you know, even if, even if you hate wrestling, but it's working out from a financial aspect, okay, then so be it. But I wonder how, how Dynamite is doing there versus, you know, if you replace it with something else, you know. It's cheaper to produce an episode of Dynamite probably, especially under these conditions. You know, yeah. for, forget about when they were on tour and everything, but under these current conditions, it should be pretty simple. You're, you know you're going to have a guaranteed two hours of programming that you don't have to worry about for relatively cheap. It might be more expensive to run reruns of certain shows just to get the rights for those than it would be to, uh, you know. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like none of that really matters. It just matters if if that's what it's if that's what the guy's vision for the uh, network is. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But nonetheless, an interesting uh, development. Mm. Uh, there was a comment Seth Rollins made, not really news, but I just wanted to comment on his comment where I saw an interview where he said that uh, today's fans don't have the patience for slow burn storytelling. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I did read that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about that? Uh, I get where he's coming from. Um, I guess we'd have to think of a long story in recent memory that was interesting to kind of like to oppose what he's saying, but we definitely have shorter attention spans. Well, my, well, my my comment is simply, how would you know you don't fucking do it? <laughs> you know, yeah, you'd well, have, that's, you'd that's have to saying. say, you'd have to say like, oh, we tried this and it didn't work. Well, you haven't done it. And anything that you have done hasn't been good either. You know, like you don't, you don't tell good stories, whether they're short or long. Everything that you do sucks, especially everything Seth Rollins does sucks. Not that Seth, not that it's Seth Rollins fault in performing it. He's he's I think Seth Rollins does a pretty decent job with whatever they give him. You know, it, it's not Seth Rollins, but it doesn't matter. Like if you put if you put Tom Hanks in some low budget movie, he can't act his way out of it. Like you're not going to like the movie. 
You know what I mean? So Seth Rollins can't save these bad stories and these things that they keep having him do, but they don't even try to do anything long-term. They, they wouldn't. And if they did, they wouldn't know how to do it. Well, you know, what, what's their idea for a long-term story? Like the rock and John Cena. That's something that took place over like a couple of years or whatever, where it's like first WrestleMania match, then a rematch at WrestleMania. So that's like one year. Is that a long-term story? Does that even count? You're just basically having two matches where the rock only shows up for a few weeks here and there to promote it. I mean, you know, that's actually, that's the first thing that came to mind because I, that year for me as a fan was one of the best years of, uh, entertainment uh for me personally in terms of their promos they did i thought that was great um but i'm trying to think of a story today i don't know i I haven't really seen i can't think of anything you know any any kind of long story like that i know the i guess the original plan for orton edge was to go till 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 wrestlemania that would have been a year-long story um but yeah nothing in recent memory so here's my question would if edge and Orton were to do the original plan, uh, was the plan to start with them having a match at this year's WrestleMania? Wasn't it? Yeah. So how is that a story? You know what I mean? Like the long-term story would have been they reform rated RKO and try to be a team. And that takes a few months and maybe they, maybe they go along with it and then something happens and then they have a match at the next year's WrestleMania maybe, or whatever. That would be a long-term story. No, they just kicked it off with having a match. So having a bunch of matches in a year, having a bunch of the matches in a year is not a story. That's just you fucking making matches. They don't do stories at all. So I'm saying is like Seth Rollins can say what he wants, but he can't say what the fans have patience for because they don't have any idea what the fans like or want. You know, people will watch anything if it's good. You know, it it doesn't matter what it is. If you give them something good, they'll like it if it's short. They'll like it if it's long. Um, If Dan Matha could do a good podcast, you wouldn't have to stop listening to it. But you do because you can't, you can't, you just, it's not good. And you're, and you like him and you still won't listen to it. So imagine, you know, like imagine if he had a really interesting, compelling podcast where they weren't talking about football stories, then you'd probably be all over it. Even if it was like four hours, but you know, we, we all make room in our life for the things that we want. Okay. If something's long or if it's short, doesn't matter. You'll fit it in. Even if you have to break it up, like, Oh, I have to finish watching this tomorrow, but you'll still do it. Um, whereas if something sucks, you'll be like, eh, I'll finish this tomorrow. And then maybe you just never will. Cause you, it wasn't that good anyways. So trust me, I'm a guy that feels like he has to finish things out of obligation a lot of the time. So I'll make time for things that I don't like just so I can say, okay, I watched it. You know, do I really have to watch all of raw every week? No, but I do it just in case there's something I need to talk about or whatever. Or if I want to say it sucks, then I can say a hundred percent, nothing on that show was good. And I wouldn't have left out something that I might've seen that I might've liked. So you can't say how good or bad something is if you didn't watch it or participate in it. And you also can't say what people have the patience for if you don't even attempt to give it to them. So that's already way more than I plan on saying about that subject. But um, just once again, Seth Rollins, shut the fuck up. Uh, 
So um, another thing is that um, Shotzi Blackheart had her car stolen and it had all of her gear and her special helmet and stuff in it. And um, I don't know, Sergio, when I heard this story, I could really only think of one suspect. Are you thinking of the same suspect I'm thinking of? I think I am. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, the golden producer, Pat Buck. Ooh. I would... Yeah. Well, he's the guy that's uh I, I would keep my eye on him. Um if you you know watch watch his eBay accounts and everything, make sure he's not putting up any helmets for sale. I do have a question though. Um serious in all seriousness, and I don't mean to pile on Shotzi because this sucks for her, but like why did you have all of your gear and your helmet in your car? Uh like don't you think you could keep that stuff at the performance center? Don't they have locker rooms and like in that whole building where you basically do all your work and everything? Like, I mean, I know you're not making independent shows, so you don't need it in your car. Uh, I know you have a place that you live that you could take it in there. Maybe you just didn't feel like it, but like, I just feel like um, that would be a place where if I had like gear, I would like leave some gear at the performance center in a locker or something. They don't have locker rooms there. Or at least put it in the trunk, you know, it was um, in the yeah. trunk, but they stole her car. <laughs> oh, the whole car got stolen. Okay. Yeah. The car got stolen. Oh shit, dude. Well, but, but yeah, that's it's, what one of, it's one of those things too. It's like, you never think your car is going to get stolen, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I get it. I've, you know, there's been times where I've had money in my car and stuff like that. But I, I heard that, Stolen cars are, are on the rise right now. Our car, in general, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going on, but yeah, it's kind of a thing right now. So weird. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's just something I was wondering. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So let's um, hmm. Let's go ahead and uh, uh let's talk about this real quick. Um, because AW Dark was. It was nothing. There was nothing to talk about. Uh, it was a waste of everybody's time. Um, but yeah, we... I, I actually sk- I kind of skimmed through it to see. I was looking for Sabby. No nope. Sabby in sight. I was disappointed. No Sabby. No. Uh, so what well, we, we didn't we forgot to talk about it. I had it in my notes last week, but we didn't get around to it. We keep forgetting stuff, or I keep forgetting stuff. Um, but we didn't talk about the AW Deadly Draw tournament which is the women's tag team tournament, which I thought would be part of the show, but it ended up being its own little YouTube show. So did you get to see this last week uh, originally when it the first episode aired or no? I thought we did talk about it because I remember talking about Tenora Conti. We just talked, we, we, that might've even been before, but we, we didn't talk about what actually happened. We only just mentioned it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw that match. I wanted, I wanted to see how, how she was going to look in the match. Uh, I kind of skimmed through this week. I noticed, uh, what's her name, Dasha Gonzalez or Fuentes or something. I guess she's wrestling now in it. Yeah, well, she was, but uh, she got beat. So, um, yeah, so it was interesting. So in the first episode, they kind of rolled out a few new faces, sort of. We had Veda Scott on commentary. We had Shaw Guerrero doing the uh, ring announcing. And then we had Medusa doing sort of like the, I don't know what you call it, uh, presentation GM whatever she's just there doing stuff um yeah so this first this first episode was weird because uh 
you had Brandy Rhodes. She was pretending to be um, disappointed about the randomness of the draw, which is just so funny because it's like, isn't this whole thing supposedly your thing? So everybody has to, what you know, they call it the deadly draw because you reach into this little thing um, and pull, I don't even know what it is. It's just a thing you reach into. I've never seen anything like it. And inside her po- poker chips. Um, and if you pull whatever poker chip you pull out, it matches somebody else's poker chip. Now your partners. Um, but everybody always draws a poker chip and then someone else has already drawn the poker chip. So, you know, they can't work this like to, to where people can be the same, the same partner that they want. Uh, so they always have to have somebody have already walked in off screen and say, Oh, I actually got purple too. You know? So it's like, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah. Right, they're right there, ne- right next to the camera, and they pop out immediately. Yeah. Instead of uh, having the girls in a group, like, all right, which one, which one has blue or whatever. Yeah, so everybody knows that this is how it's going to be, because even on Dynamite, people were picking partners before this whole thing came out. And then Brandy Rhodes was upset because she's got a, you know, she doesn't get to have her partner picked. So it's like, of all people to act like they're confused and disappointed, why Brandy? That makes this is one of the reasons why everything she does makes no fucking sense. If you really watch AEW from start, you know, from when they started, everything Brandy does is stupid and makes no sense. No offense to Brandy, except if she has any of these ideas, because if she does, then they're stupid and they make no sense. And then definitely offense to her. But what ends up happening is she pulls out a poker chip and then Allie. Uh while while Brandy's talking about how disappointed she is, Allie looks into the you know, whatever this container is. I, what even fucking is that? It looks like a, it's like a small lump on a table. I don't even know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. Um, and Allie just looks in and finds the same color that Brandy just picked out. So she cheats and gets the same color. So the nightmare sisters can mm. be a team. Yeah. So um, maybe that was, maybe that was Brandy's uh, plan all along to distract uh, Dasha from seeing that Allie was cheating. Anyways, um, their opponents are Penelope and Mel. Hey, remember Mel? Mel's back. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Mel. You know, Mel. Uh, Trent. Mel. You know. Uh, anyways, um, Nightmare Sisters go over. Uh, and then the other match was uh, Tay Conti, which is the former Tynara Conti. So it's not Ty Conti, it's Tay Conti. <laughs> So her name was Taynara, yeah. but they never called her that. They called her Tynara. I don't know. Very confusing. Um, and her partner was Anna Jay, who's in the Dark Order, over um, the returning uh, to wrestling after a few years out of the business, Ariane, uh, Girl High, and Nyla Rose. Um, so you got Tay Conti, Anna Jay, Nyla Rose, and Ariane. Um I was thinking as this match was going on, like, isn't it crazy that of all the people in this match, Ariane is the brains of the outfit with the most experience? That's <laughs> that's yeah. a frightening thought. Um, the match was way too long and no one knew their role and uh, it sucked. Uh, so any thoughts on this? Um, well, at least Ariane didn't do any crazy botches, but um, no. Yeah, uh, no, not really. Um, I think I don't think we need any more women's wrestling than what we already have. And now we're getting more, and we're getting the women's tag team championships. Uh, I, I'm not interested at all. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. 
Not interested, eh? Well, too bad, because this week we had um, Big and Lil Swole, okay, uh, taking on um, Blue Pants and um, Roche Chanel. So Lil Swole is Nicole Savoy. Why do I know that name? Okay, she she, she looked familiar. So she must have been in the uh, Mae Young Classic. I was trying to figure out who that was. Yeah, I don't know. They were acting like we should have known. Uh, well, for some reason, that, like like we they just say Lil Swole, and we're like, oh yeah, Lil Swole, I remember her from what? Oh, I guess they started. Well, commentary started putting over. I guess they worked at Shimmer together and stuff. And I think Vita Scott was on commentary, right? She was going along with it. Um, oh, I was gonna say something. Damn it, I forgot. Well, maybe you'll remember. But I wish I could forget this match. It was horrible, uh, dude. Um, Leva Bates is so fucking terrible. She has got to be the worst wrestler currently alive right now. Uh, like I cannot like she's I want to I would love to sit down with her and watch her match back and ask her, like, what do you think when you're looking at this? Like what's going through your mind? Do you think this is OK? Like, do, do you realize you're that slow in there um, or, or does it feel faster to you? Because it. It's incredibly slow. Uh, oh, she kind of does the uh, the Candice LeRae half speed kind of thing, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But Candice is like Candice, maybe half a little bit half speed, but like she's she's more like her mechanics are a little bit more sound. Like she doesn't do anything that looks bad. She just does it too slow. Um, and Leva does slow and bad. It just she's so uncoordinated. She has no business being in the ring. She can be a valet, whatever, but just you know. And I say this with no like disrespect to her as a person. I'm just saying like if you're that bad, you should be ashamed of yourself and realize that maybe this isn't for you, and that you don't have to wrestle. Maybe you could take some bumps or something, but not like have matches. There's just you, you got to know like when this isn't your thing. And uh, it ain't. Mm. Um, the real big swole here, though, is uh, Rachel Ellering. Um, because she's the one that teams up with Dasha Gonzalez, who was very surprised to be participating in the, the deadly draw. Uh, and their opponents were Diamante and Eva Lise. But let me get back to Rachel Ellering for a second. Um, now, she was never what I would call a petite girl. Uh, you know, she's a power lifter and, you know, her dad is Paul Ellering, you know, a former bodybuilder and power lifter. Uh, and, uh, but she is much larger than I remembered seeing her. Sergio, am I crazy or did she put on, she pack on quite a few pounds during this COVID hiatus? Huh. So I didn't see uh, the match. I just saw the teams getting set up and she didn't look bigger to me, but I haven't, I didn't quite take that good of a look on it do you think she's like on the gas or something no 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 the other the bad kind oh really the well the the good kind for you quarantine weight gain yeah i can see how (laughs) she's probably she's probably shot up a few points in your eyes but just saying like in terms of like you know having a gut versus not having this much of a gut before she's definitely leaning towards the having a gut side which you know if anybody doesn't if anybody wonders like why the WWE's not interested or whatever, 
Um, they don't really like women with guts in the WWE, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's just not a thing. You're either like extremely obese or whatever, or you're like, you know, thin, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it, but they don't want a girl, a girl that's mostly in shape with a gut. That's why they were like, okay, see you, Deanna Parazzo, get lost. You know, like we I, I get it. You have four kids. You have four kids and everything or whatever, but like you have a gut and every time you bend over, it just hangs out and it just looks gross. So instead of getting like a one piece singlet or something to cover up these women, like Rachel and, and Deanna, they, they wear like the bra with the long tights or whatever. And then there's this flabby gut hanging out in the middle. And at the WWE, they don't like that. I'm sorry. You know, I guess it's okay in AEW, but, um, and I don't want to body shame the people. I wouldn't body shame somebody in real life other than, you know, they're in a cosmetic business. So these things have to be pointed out. I mean, Rip, Rip Rogers is called women that are way more in shape than them. Fat ass, lazy ass bitches. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine what he'd say to them, but, um, well, he trained Deanna Praza, so maybe he did call her a lazy, fat bitch. But Does she I don't really know. have four kids? I, I, she's had at least one kid. I don't know how many. Huh. I'm not her biographer. Okay, so, so I pulled the match right now. She's definitely getting weight. Uh, okay. For sure. Yeah, it must have been like those quarantine pounds, you know? Yeah. Well, they shut, out, def- shut all the powerlifting gyms down. So She definitely was not training at home. We'll, <laughs> we'll put it that way. She, she she's lifting plates of a different kind. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Diamante and Ivelisse go over. Um, they're more in shape, so uh, they go over. And with that, um, we've got our semifinal bracket set. So we'll see next week who goes over who and who's gained more weight. Um, but uh, right now, we'll take a break. And we'll come back and we'll talk about um, AW Dynamite. So this was the the, um, 12-man extravaganza to start off with this episode with the Elite, which their graphic says totally all getting along. Um, versus the Dark Order. So this was a, um, yeah, this was a match that happened. Well, how did you like it? So I think we talked about it last week. I just have no interest in these these huge multi-man matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no interest in watching it, but I did. And I ended up, I thought the match was, it was a fun match. I mean, they kept the pace going, you know. Uh, so I actually didn't mind it like I, like I thought I was going to. Do you think it was the extra two men that really did it? You know, because a, a 10 man's like, we we see 10 mans all the time. But a 12 man, that's a, that's a novel, interesting concept. I guess as long as they keep the action going and kind of keep it fast paced and it, you know, makes it more uh, digestible. Remember that Survivor Series where there was like five tag teams on each side? So there was like nowhere for the people to hit the ropes? <laughs> I do actually, yeah. that was awesome uh so another thing i forgot to kind of talk about last week um 
Excalibur was absent for the second week in a row, last week being the first week, which we're supposed to mention. Uh, we didn't really talk about his um, his internet uh, resurfacing of a promo he did from PWG where he used the N-word and not in the cool way that the black guys say it, but <laughs> you know the other way that him and Kevin Owens were um, saying it for this uh, this little angle for the you know, they were doing with the human tornado guy. So, um, do you really, is he really gone because of that? Because he said something uh, back in 2003 and he hasn't been, he hasn't been on here. I mean, if Tony Khan's going to suspend, uh, Sammy Guevara with no pay, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, dude. But that, yeah. that company just seems a little over the top with, with their like progressiveness. Yeah. Unless it's Mike Tyson, but other than that, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, I just, you know, first of all, I'll just say, like, look, look, man, if someone ever tells you, I don't care if it's a black wrestler telling you, hey, man, say this and get some heat or whatever. Don't say it. OK, <laughs> no one should have to be told that Excalibur's a fucking dumbass. We all know that we we listen to him every week except the past two, which have been nice. But like we know he's a dumbass by the things that come out of his mouth. Like, you know, when that. When that guy with no legs falls off the top rope and he says 450, you know, it's just, there is no, we, we know who Excalibur is, but you know, this, this was like, you, you just don't, there's no reason to do this. Nobody's watching PWG. Nobody in PWG thinks wrestling's real. Nobody thinks you're a racist for saying that word in a promo. So why even say it? You shouldn't, you should have just said, no, I'm not going to do that. You and Kevin Owens both should have said that. Um, but it doesn't matter. That was then, and it shouldn't matter now. Because, um, again, you're not, nothing about that is real, and nothing about what AEW does on a weekly basis is real. So it's, it's, it's too late, man. You can't punish somebody that late. If that is indeed what happened, who knows? Maybe he got sick. I don't know. They haven't said. Yeah, look, luckily, it's not picking up. I, I don't do it. doesn't seem like it's picking up a lot of heat, luckily. You know, Kevin Owens was on Raw, so no one's – He's not getting punished, so that's a good thing because you know, I, I can't. I'm tired of the whole cancel, cancel culture stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, cancel culture is not real. You know what I mean? It's like it's just people complaining on Twitter. But if the if no one ever listens to those people, there is no cancel culture. It's yeah, only true. cancel culture if you're canceling people. But they have yeah. no power to cancel, so we got to stop giving them the power. Uh, oh, exactly. Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why everybody doesn't see that, but I mean, what's well, well, the thing? People are losing their jobs and stuff. I saw this guy went viral on the video throwing up a fit because he didn't want to wear a mask in Costco, and he was yelling at the employee. And that customer who didn't want to wear the mask ended up losing his job. You know, completely unrelated to the Costco incident. Well, I'm, like, oh, I'm like, here we go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, don't go to Costco and try to wear and try to not wear a mask though. You know, that's also just yeah, being a true, dumbass true. too. It's like, yeah. you know what the rules are. So if you go up there, are you just trying to start something? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. come on, dude. Just no one wants to wear the fucking mask. Just don't go shopping if you're not going to wear it. Uh, yeah, um, let me tell you something else they shouldn't do. Uh, this episode in particular, this fake crowd noise uh, is fucking awful. It's worse than silence. Okay, because it's it's very loud and it does not coincide with what's happening in the ring. So you just hear this like constant low roar. It sounds like the ocean or something. And there's no like real pops and there's no booze. It's just like 
a bunch of crowd noise and people taking bumps and like there's no reaction to it. It's just crowd noise. Did you notice that? I didn't. So you're saying it's a fake noise just being like dubbed in? Yes. Huh. It was really noticeable. So I'm well, I can't say I'm hundred percent surprised you didn't notice it, but you're very you're very selective on what you like to notice, Sergio. Sometimes you'll see like a very small detail that I missed, and then there'll be something like that just hits you over the head like this and you just completely missed it. But I could see how you might be tuning it out uh because you know that the people there are fake anyways. But it's like it's over yeah. it's it's like over the people that are actually there. So the people that are sitting there and actually playing along cheering they're getting drowned out by this fake crowd noise i hope they got roasted on social media enough that they won't try this this week and they'll just kind of abandon this but this was awful i'd rather it just be dead quiet in there than to have a bunch of you know noise from some other show that it doesn't fit you know it's so it's so weird when somebody takes like a big bump and then there's no change in the reaction you know what i mean it's just like yeah yeah so and and then you're also just admitting um that the shit's not real but anyways this match was terrible um and harper beats hangman page so what does that accomplish i don't know uh i guess he had to beat somebody he ain't beating well, no, uh... for a second there they were telling the story on why are so many guys who got hurt was it kenny omega or no it was a page someone got hurt and the whole team was Help them to the back while I think uh the revival got hurt. Or or like Dax or something. I think it was Dax someone. or it was Dax Daxon or Cash Cash and one of those two. Yeah. And they're leaving they're kind of leaving Kenny on his own um for a minute until finally Paige comes back just in time for the hot tag. So they're kind of uh which is also bullshit. That story. that story was bullshit too. Yeah. So they're kind of still telling that story, which I like. Um yeah. Now you say you like that story, but like, it's not good, man. <laughs> like it, 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 the story, I can see how you would like them to tell that story, but all they're doing is nothing. It's just, you know what they're going for and you're saying you like it, but they're not for the people that aren't watching the shows. You're not missing out on anything. It's basically something like when, when, when they say like they're, they're doing a split between there, there's tension between Kenny and hangman it's really just, uh, it'll be like Kenny come out and shrugging his shoulders or something and then just going on with the match. It's just, it's not like anything's really happening here. There's no promos. You would think there'd be more promos. There's not. Um, they try to, they try to get the story across in the ring, which makes everything look like more exaggerated and phony. Um, well, it's, it's very, it's extremely subtle. Almost like um, if they're trying to turn Cody heel, which I'm thinking they are. It's the very subtle, slow. Maybe they're maybe they are maybe they're focusing on the slow storytelling that we were talking about earlier. You know. Yeah, but it's not it's not subtle. It's 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 blatantly obvious, but it's just it's confusing because they're not they wrestling usually over explains and they're not over explaining, but that doesn't mean it's subtle. It's just very like it's stuff that comes out of nowhere, dude. It, it's the kind it's the it's basically. You know, kind of like the old, um, oh, I accidentally hit my tag team partner, so now we hate each other. Except instead of doing it one time, they just do it every week. <laughs> but it's not any more complicated or subtle than that. Uh, so, um, yeah, but um, let's see. So we had uh, 
best best friends versus proud and powerful uh which tony shivani says two of the most fundamentally sound teams i'm like what um what what they are is a good way to get me to stop paying attention um not to mention what was this 20 minutes come on yeah yeah I, i didn't stop paying attention though and much like watching impact clips, I regretted it. I should have stopped paying attention. Uh, yeah. So here's a funny story. Um, sometimes, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but sometimes when I'm fast forwarding my DVR shows, uh, I guess this is an, an attempt to keep you from fast forwarding the commercials, but like sometimes the fast forward will skip over huge chunks of stuff at a time. You know, like way too fast. Does that ever happen to you? No, mine is the opposite. Mine will like get frozen. Take too long. Yeah. Um, it does that too. It depends on, it really depends on the channel I've figured out. Like I think different networks have different signals that they send that interferes with your fast forwarding ability. So anyway, my DVR tried to fast forward right past MJF. Um, and I'm wondering if this is like some kind of conspiracy, uh, you know, by AEW executives to get me to skip over the only good part of the show um <laughs> to which i would respond well you're the one that put it on your show so uh but um anyways yeah it was this little uh vignette of him uh you know having like a campaign office as if he's like a real politician and um this was you know mjf was as good as usual uh, Lee Johnson, which is one of the jobbers that's, um, on AW dark all the time, including this week, uh, doesn't seem to be happy to be working on the campaign. Isn't this like a volunteer position, Sergio? I mean, what's he so upset about? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's um, getting paid. Yeah. Or, or it's his punishment for losing too many matches on dark. But have you noticed that the only, um, black wrestlers they have that aren't named Scorpio sky just do jobs on AW dark. Have you noticed that? Is that crazy? Hey, so, we're so, we're talking. So, we're ta- slow down, Wade Keller. We're talking about well, <laughs> uh, Wade Keller. I haven't even heard him say it, but he he might have a point too. But like, we're just we just got done talking about, you know, canceling a guy, um, for some old promo he did. Uh, so you would kind of think that like you want to prove that you're inclusive and diverse rather than have Sean Dean and Lee Johnson and Will Hobbs and all these other guys that they got like pineapple Pete. And, you know, you can name like a bunch of guys and none of them are on the main show. Even Sonny kiss is barely ever on the main show. You know? Yeah. I mean, should they, should they be on the main show? Oh, oh I'm not saying I mean, I'm yeah. not. Look, nobody should be on the main show. Everybody in there's the shits. Okay. That's not, <laughs> that's my point. I'm saying like, I'm not, an affirmative action guy. I don't think that someone should get a job just because they are, you know, what they are. Uh, I think a qualified person person should get the job, but we all know that qualified people do get overlooked because they are black or female or whatever the case is that they're being overlooked for. We know that more qualified people don't get the job. We know that I'm not saying you should give a less qualified person a job because they are black or a woman or whatever. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is 
if you're going to go out of your way to prove how inclusive you are, then why, <laughs> you know, you see what I'm, you get where I'm going with that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm commenting on them. Why are they doing it? Um, it's oh. just everybody in like the elite, huh? How many, how diverse is the elite? Or is it just like five to six <laughs> white guys? Right. So come on. Um, most of them with blonde hair. I think Matt Jackson's the only one that doesn't have blonde hair. White guys with blonde hair. The elite. Okay, I get it. Uh, anyways. So, yeah, I never thought about that, did you? Anyway, so Lee, Lee, Lee Johnson, though, he's I getting... I, 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 don't, I don't see color, man. Yeah, yeah, sure you don't. Um, so, uh, yeah, Lee Johnson's working on the campaign trail. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, now we have the Matt, the Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara incident. Okay, what do you want to say about this? So before I saw the the incident, I, I read some story about Sammy Sammy Guevara getting heat uh, for the for the uh, reckless chair shot, and even right after this match, uh, uh, Rebby Hardy posted some kind of tweet saying "idiot," or you know, referencing Sammy Guevara. She said "dumbass," right? Dumbass. Okay. After watching the match, it looked like maybe that was I thought those all that was a work. Because I swear Matt Hardy bladed himself after the post. Right. And that reckless and that reckless chair shot was too reckless to where no one no one's gonna do something that stupid. Like you know, Sammy Sammy Guevara's not that dumb to throw a chair in Matt Hardy's face with a leg sticking out. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I felt like that was all work and he really he just bladed himself on the post. What what do you think? I thought exactly that. Although I will say that as far as the chair. So what we're talking about here is, you know, Matt Hardy takes a bump into the post and it looked like he bladed himself right then and there uh, to a to a trained eye, which is what we are. We can see that. I'm sure the fans weren't looking for it. And even if they went back and watched it a bunch of times, they wouldn't necessarily know what to look for. But people are saying that people were very confused. They thought that uh, Sammy Guevara, he throws a chair. He doesn't hit him with the chair. He flings the chair at him recklessly. And people think that's where he got cut, <laughs> um, yeah. which I don't. But it's impossible to tell because he throws a chair so fast. Now, that part is very dangerous. And I wouldn't have advised that. Even if that's what he was supposed to do, I wouldn't have done it like that. But he really did fling that chair pretty hard. And it's not so much like, oh, well, you know, um, just because it's unsafe for Matt Hardy. It could have bounced off and hit somebody else. I mean, there was no control over it. Let's just put it that way. The same way with like, you know, when uh, uh, Darby got hit by Ricky Starks that time, like Ricky Starks was doing what he was supposed to do, but he did it in a way that could have been very, very dangerous. And Mm -hmm. it it wasn't necessarily like he was reckless. It was just an unfortunate situation where everybody was positioned and it just didn't go well. Uh, Sammy, everybody's seen people, especially in ECW throw those chairs at people, you know, it didn't look like that, you know? (laughs) So that part was dangerous, but as far as I'm concerned, yes, the whole thing was planned and especially like Matt Hardy being upset afterwards on social media. I also think that is part of it. Um, and Rebby being part of it, like they're all in on it. They know what it was supposed to be. Even if something went like it wasn't supposed to go, I still think they would have worked that social media part. Um, because I just look at them as being people like, how are we going to get people to believe this? We can't do anything believable on TV. So we have to take it off TV 
to try to continue it to make it somewhat believable. And I guess they make it believable, but we just don't believe it because, you know, we're seasoned on this kind of stuff and we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought, and it was weird too, because I was listening to Cornette talk about it and he didn't seem to be very sure that Matt Hardy cut himself. And I thought it was pretty plain. I didn't go back and watch it multiple times either. I just remember, and I was barely watching it when it happened. So I, I, you know, I just looked at it and the way his hand was and the way his head was and everything, I assumed he cut himself and he maybe cut himself a little deeper than he meant to, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that all went basically the way it was supposed to. Yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, good work. Okay. Uh, so Matt Cardona makes his debut. Um, thoughts on him and his debut, Serge? Uh, you know, I've, I've never really been like a big Zack Ryder fan. Um, okay. So, yeah, you know. It is what it is. I don't, I'm not too big. I, I will say, though. But how did he do in his debut, though? You know, so it's basically the same Matt Cardona we've been watching for years. You know, same, you know, same deal. He didn't do the uh, woo-woo-woo or the – he did the, the same moves. Uh, yeah, it's the same guy, you know. The only difference is he picked up a win instead of, you know, losing most of the time, really. You know, <laughs> what, what do you think, you know? Um, I never I feel even... like – I was hold on. I was gonna say I was. Yeah. I was wondering if he was gonna do the woo woo thing, but he got cut off completely. He didn't even get a chance. So I wonder if he will do it at some point. But go ahead. See, he's good. He looks like a million bucks. You know, uh, he's a big guy. I feel like for us to be interested in him, we have to see a, maybe a different version of him, but not the guy that we've been watching on TV for you know fourteen years or whatever. Uh, you know, because I you know he's got a lot of personality. He can do something different. Um, you know, uh, but we're seeing the same guy. I mean, I mean that's, that's my issue, you know? Um, well, here's the thing. He seems like very, it seems like there's a lot of guys that have the potential to be very vanilla. And then they found a way, they sort of gotten a groove and sort of found, found a way to get themselves over. So for example, Zack Ryder, we know the story of, he came in as one of the major brothers with Kurt Hawkins and they were the edgeheads and whatever, but they were just a very boring, like no personality tag team. And then he got his own YouTube show and really leaned into his Long Island, New Yorkness and started saying bro and just a bunch of stupid, you know, like he, he, mm -hmm. he really played that aspect up of his character. He's not probably really like that. He's probably a little bit like that, but he's probably playing up the character and and he went full gimmick. He spiked his hair up. You know, that was that was one of his catchphrases. Take care, spike your hair. Yeah, you know, yeah. he wore those macho man glasses or whatever. He he he's he had he you know, he had a pop music theme song. Uh he wore he wore trunks that were like half trunks and half long tights. Um, you know, he had his YouTube show where he's playing with action figures and shit and just making puns, like uh like trying to climb over a fence and saying like he's trying to get over. You know, just shit, <laughs> yeah. just shit like that. So he 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 took his boring personality and then just started being ridiculous, and the people started enjoying it. Um, now he's not going to do any of those, you know, Long Island Jersey Shore type things. He's probably just going to be like a regular guy, which is what he was before. So he's going to be fucking boring again, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing you could say that about Sean Spears. Like Sean Spears was a boring wrestler. 
He did the perfect 10 gimmick, which was like, it's not like the most amazing thing in the world, but shit, it was better than nothing. And the fans got into it, you know, and I still believe to this day that the only reason that they took him off TV was because he got the fans to count 10 for everything, whether it was, you know, matches he wasn't involved in Mm -hmm. um, and people were getting counted out outside the ring and everybody would just say 10 instead of counting the numbers. They just say 10 all the time. So I think that just because Vince McMahon hated that, that he pulled him off TV and buried him. I'm I'm 100% sure that's what happened. It had nothing to do with him or what he's like as a person or what he did to anybody else or who he was sleeping with or any of the usual stuff. I'm sure he's just mad that that 10 thing got over and he didn't have nothing to do with it because that was an NXT first. So he was probably like, fuck that guy. Fuck 10. I'm burying him. (laughs) That's it. And then now he comes back and he's, He's the chairman, which means nothing. It's just because he hit Cody with a chair one time, which is funny because that's the same thing they said. When he hit Cody with that chair, they said, oh, we gimmicked the chair, but he hit him wrong or something like that. Remember that? They, they tried yeah, to make yeah. some excuse for why it didn't work. Yep. Same thing with this Matt Hardy thing uh, when they're like, Sammy grabbed the wrong chair. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no wrong chair. You know, you, you know, what, what do you quit lying? So anyways, the point is, um, Sean Spears is now boring again. Like he thinks that wearing a glove and having Tully Blanchard as a manager have charisma, but he's never on TV. He's just on dark. So like he was this week. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, beating, beating a Lee Johnson, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) So, so, uh, you know, it's like you, 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 whatever you came up with in WWE because you were tired of being boring and you were worried they were going to fire you for being boring now you can't use that stuff anymore, so you're back to being boring. But it's okay because in AEW everybody's bo- pretty boring, you know. So that's what we see. That's what we see with with Zack Ryder, and it was, and or excuse me, Matt Cardona, which is funny too because he's like, he's he hits he hits his finisher. It used to be called the Rough Rider, and uh, I, I I forget who it was. It was either Taz or or Tony or whatever. But they said um, he calls that radio silence. It's like. He does. It's the first time you've seen him. I'm pretty sure you don't know what that's called. You know, if you, you should have said, he told me that's radio silence, <laughs> you know, but instead they act like it's, it's common knowledge that everybody knew. He calls yeah. that the radio silence. Oh, does he? Since when? Since this afternoon? Get the fuck out of here. Is that what um, he does? The, uh, the flying leg thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another, I had another question written down on my notes, like how many sit out power bombs were there on this fucking show? Like by the time he did that, like Matt Cardona did that sit out power bomb. There had been like five sit out power bombs so far. There's like two or three of them in that, that 12 man tag. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, uh, so one of my pet peeves, like I don't have a lot, I have a few and they always stick out to me. I, I know you pick things apart more than I do, but like. I don't know if it's how I was trained or what, but like I like this tag match. It was kind of a like an old school like basic psychology tag match. But one mm-hmm. of the things that and I'm sure you don't, you put, I'm sure you notice it too. But like, so Cody's taking heat. He's taking heat. So the idea now, when you're that beat up, you know, you're doing anything you can to try to make that tag. You got to tag out, you know. Yeah. So like, but so like one thing that bugs me is like when a guy will go like there'll be a hope spot. And he'll like shoot the guy off to the ropes or try to do something instead of just diving to your corner and trying to make the tag, you know? So Cody did that a couple of times. I have to go back and watch like some arm tag. I don't know if they used to do that back in the day too, but I'm assuming back in the day they didn't. 
they wouldn't be doing spots. They're just trying to go go tag, you know. Yeah, they would. Uh, you know, a lot. They they wouldn't make their own comeback for the most part, but you would see them sometimes not go for the tag, um, and go for something like. It, I guess it's so. One of the things that was kind of like on the fence was kind of like a sunset flip. So like, and you're the master of the sunset flip, so you could speak to this with experience. But so if if let's say you're taking heat and someone goes to shoot you off and give you a backdrop, now you can do a sunset flip because it's defensive. Like it's mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Like you're already you're coming. Yeah, you're coming back. Um, you're trying to pin the guy, but then that's also like it's not really giving him anything because he's not really hitting any offense, but it's like catching him by surprise. But you could also make the argument that even that would somewhat devalue the hot tag a little bit because it showed that you were aware and alive enough that you were able to perform an offensive maneuver. So, you know, nowadays I'd be, you'd be lucky if all they did was a sunset flip. But, you know, uh, most of the time they just make their own fucking comeback and then fall down and start crawling. You know what I mean? Which is like, that's one of the huge problems I have with wrestling now is the way the guys go into their hot tags, which are never hot, and the way they make their own comeback and then fall down to the ground selling. You know, it's like, oh, I just got to get my shit in and then I can fall down on the ground. Uh, You know, like Seth Rollins or whatever. Like, my knee, my knee, my knee hurts, my knee hurts. Oh, but let me just do this crazy Phoenix splash first. Ow, my knee. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, just stop it. Just either don't sell your leg or don't do any moves, but don't do both. Yep. Um, and so to your point, yes, as tag team specialist, it always, it drives me nuts. I can't even look at tag team wrestling the same. Not even, the, not even, um, you know, the, the revival, everybody loves the revival and shit. And they think they're a great tag team. I'm just like, I guess they might be the best today, but that's still one of the worst tag teams there is. You know what I mean? It's just like the, the art is lost. It, it's gone. And even when you go back and look at those old tapes, You'll you'll find a lot of stuff they did that, you know, they just there. It's it's not what they would do now. Like if they could go back into those younger bodies with their brains now, they wouldn't do those things. Uh, yeah, ironically enough, uh, Arn and Tully run Jericho's podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about working uh, Road Warriors and uh, uh, fucking Rock and Roll Express. I didn't finish it yet, but uh, thus far it's been really good. Yeah, it's good listening to those guys. Tully doesn't say much, actually, which is kind of, you know, disappointing because, um, you know, Arn has his own weekly podcast, so I hear enough of him. I, I don't mean it to sound like I'm tired of Arn. I'm just I don't get to hear Tully that much at all. So I'd be interested in his uh, viewpoints on things, too. But, um, yeah, so those guys back in the day, you know, the the focus for heel tag teams was like dragging the babyface back before they can make the hot tag to build the anticipation and mm-hmm. let them get closer every time, you know, like you, you ideally you want, you know, uh, the highest, the highest point you could get would be the false tag, like where the ref didn't see it, you know? And then yep. you got that, that's, that, that's the last step. And then after that, you got to go right into the tag right after that. Cause you'll never get the people more heated, um, than that moment, you know? So, um, but yeah, that, that's what a lot of it was. It was just beating up on the guy and letting him sell. And, you know, some tag teams, a lot of babyface tag teams were just, uh, since it was called in the ring, they had to listen to what they were told. And some guys weren't even that good. So you take the guy that's 
can make a less good comeback and make him be the one that sells. So uh, that's yeah, pretty simple, but that, that's a little, that's a little too detailed for an AEW discussion. If, <laughs> if, if, if the know. entire, if the entire roster just sat down and listened to what we just talked about, they'd all, their eyes would just glaze over. You know what I mean? They, they have no <laughs> fucking clue what, what we're talking about. Even guys like Kazarian and Daniels, you know what I mean? Like they'd be like, what, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. No, what's important here um, on AEW for tag teams is when, um, you know, you challenge uh, when you challenge another tag team to uh, apologize to your mom on a speakerphone match. You know, that that's what we need from our tag teams here. Uh, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, a little. OK, uh, so um, Sammy Guevara's uh, picture and picture cue cards come back which is cool until the commercial went full screen and yeah, they cut him off. Right? Yeah. So fuck you, Sammy. Uh, that's what you get for saying you raped Sasha Banks four years ago. Uh, and then, um, and we have the debate. We have the uh, big debate, the debate on what, I don't know, but Eric Bischoff did come out and moderate this debate between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. I'm not going to waste any breath on this. If you want to say anything about it, go ahead. Uh, I liked it. It was entertaining. Of course. Yeah. Anything with Jericho is good. I thought it was ironic, though. Uh, I mean, even if even if there was a crowd, they would have popped for the same thing. But the one time Orange Orange Cassidy starts to speak, it's on like a, what global warming or something. So, yeah. so I thought that was funny and kind of ironic. On that's basically kind of the wrestler today, and they're kind of just they're kind of nerds, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's that's classic Brian Gewirtz writing. It's like something yeah. that would have been in an Adam Sandler movie or something. Yeah, oh, it's exactly. funny because you didn't expect him to say all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So I mean, I I get it. That's that's where that's where we're at today. So you know, so I understand it. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, Jericho was great. Um, I really, I'm not excited to see the match. I really don't care. But um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And then, of course, we get the title match with John Moxley and Darby Allen. Right, anything to say about this? Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I like the match. Um, I figured they were gonna try to kill each other, but they didn't really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, didn't really much, I guess. It was good. Yeah. I just, I, I have a hard time getting the Darby Allen because he's just so small. I just can't believe he's really, you know, unless he's doing his crazy shit. Then that makes sense. But him to be going toe to toe with anybody, especially a guy. Like Moxley is so much bigger than him. It's to me, it's just kind of a, it's just a little unbelievable. Well said. Uh, moving on to NXT. <laughs> um, so uh, Rhea Ripley takes an L from Dakota Kai because of Mercedes Martinez here. Interesting. Another L for Rhea Ripley. Is this uh, is the honeymoon over? She's no longer cool. Yeah, I guess not. She was on an interview saying that she wants to stay in NXT. That was, that's interesting. I wonder why. Oh. Um, Pat McAfee's in the building. Uh, the Phantasma guys kidnap Fandango. More on that later. Um, then we get uh, Priest. Damian Priest wins his three-way, just like we figured he probably would. It seems like this whole convoluted five triple threat match things is just designed to get Damian priest over. I don't really see anybody else going over. Um, but what, what do you, 
you got it. This was where Ridge Holland came in. Did you have any thoughts on him seeing him in this match? Yeah, I was impressed. Uh, I'm a big fan of suplexes. He, he did plenty of those. He's a big dude. Uh, two years, looked, two years, only two years. Well, actually, I looked him up. I was because he didn't look that green to me. He started he started wrestling in the Indies in two, 2016, and he got signed by WWE in 2018. So, so I guess he's actually he's a legit fan of it. Um, I re- I don't know I don't know how where the source came from, but apparently WWE higher ups were looking at him as the next big thing. Which I, don't know, I mean I don't know about that, but <laughs> stop <laughs> it, stop it. Nonetheless, he was very impressive. Uh, I don't know if he's got enough. I don't know how much charisma he has or whatnot, or his promos. Hopefully, they're good. I mean, I think he can he can do some things. But yeah, good bro. match, <laughs> bro. He's not... the next big thing is Keith Lee. Oh yeah, no, yeah. When no, is no, everybody no. gonna see I would, that? I would, but, but he is he yeah. is like a next regular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Keith Lee should be the next big thing, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's still not too late. Like I was watching him, his match against Cameron Grimes. I'm like, I'm like, man, he's just, you know, Keith Lee's so good. Like, why isn't he? He should be working McIntyre. He should be working Orton. But I get it. You know, NXT they got their Wednesday night show, and then he, then he stars there too. So you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, well, you brought it up. Grime time. Grime time. Someone sure loves this guy. For him to survive, <laughs> survive all the way to a commercial break with Keith Lee. Especially after yeah. the whole point of this match was that Keith Lee is mad and he wants to take his anger out on somebody. And Cameron Grimes is always there being annoying. And this is that time when he should get smashed flat in like 45 seconds yeah. to a minute. But instead it goes through a break. So that part fucking sucks. But just as far as like, you know, Keith Lee having a star power and stuff like that. And, you know, it's. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that move Grimes does. So Keith Lee goes for the goes for the fat guy crossbody, and Grimes does that back flippy thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's Cameron Grimes' move because Keith Lee yeah, never does the crossbody. So you would have to crossbody Cameron Grimes to flip around him. He calls it the collision, or they call it the collision course, or some stupid shit like that. It fucking looks stupid. I hate it. Yeah, you you don't know who's hitting who until it lands, and it's like, how do you even do that move realistically? It's it's yeah. kind of just a funny move. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not a fan. You'd have to. If, if it's hard to describe the move, you just have to look it up. But uh, whatever, fuck it. Um, so it turns out that uh, Legados del Fantasma didn't want to turn uh, Fandango into a luchador. They just wanted to drag his body in so they could do a promo. Um, and in this promo, there was so much talk about spitting in faces. I thought Carlito was going to do a run in, um, but instead, <laughs> instead it was Tyler Breeze and uh, well. You know, they got laid out, and I guess they shouldn't have messed with Legato's Del Fantasma. Uh, they, should, they should have never made fun of Lucha Libre. How dare they? Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's 100% true. And, um, well, uh, I was completely wrong about this. You can go and listen last week when I said, now, in fairness to myself, I did say I was almost 100% sure what they were going <laughs> to do with McAfee and Cole. So this is that this is that minute percentage that was not a hundred percent. But geez, did they ever go the other way with this? Even you got to be surprised at how far the other way they went with this so fast. Um, no, I called. I called it, man. I told you, uh, McAfee's going to be the heel. Remember? Well, I said I know you called it, but did you think this was going to happen? Like this, like already in one week, like this fast? Talk about talk about no long term slow burn storytelling. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Just went right into it. Uh, 
So so McAfee has a front row seat for uh, for some reason Indy Hartwell and Tegan Knox, and he's you know doing commentary on that, and then he stays for the uh, tag team title match with uh, you know uh, you know those guys Imperium and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Undisputed Era, and so he 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 says Adam Cole has a child's body, and that somehow. <laughs> That somehow offends Beth Phoenix so bad that she walks off and leaves commentary, even though she's at home. So she's like just taking off the headset and clicking off her computer, I guess. I, I don't know how that works, but it was so weird. Like that shit was so phony. Like, I, I, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm out. You know, like, what are you talking about? You just said he was small. Like Adam Cole's smaller than Beth Phoenix. Well, why, why would she be upset about that? Uh, but she is. It wasn't Adam Cole's a baby face now. So, you know, so now oh. he has to care about him. Well, he's a competitor, Sergio. Let's not let's not lose sight of it. Uh, truthfully, he's just a competitor. All these men are, uh, and women. Uh, so, anyways, so she quits commentary. Um, and you know, besides, Adam Cole's two hundred ten pounds. That's, that's only ten pounds less than Cameron Grimes. Yeah. I don't know what she's so upset about. Uh, so, um, undisputed era loses. Uh, then there's then there's like an argument and. Uh, it's because of the argument they get distracted um, and there's a pull apart. And then uh, this is where Adam Cole, like is so mad at Pat McAfee uh, because he calls him a little bitch. And then he lunges across the desk at Pat. And while he's hanging over the desk, uh, McAfee punts Adam Cole. (laughs) This is a real punt, not a Randy Orton punt. (laughs) He fucking gives him an NFL punt. um, And then he gets ejected by all the referees and officials and gets shoved by triple H, you know, all these same people that won't come out whenever Seth Rollins is trying to blind somebody, but you know, don't kick Adam Cole after all the horrible shit he did to everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah don't do that. Where, where, where were they when Dominic, when Dominic Mysterio almost died in the ring? Yeah. <laughs> which, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. And, and it's like, that. that's what I'm saying. Like this inconsistency kills all the angles that they tried to do. You know, they want to do something cool and different and more serious and everything, but, everything else they do that's such a clown show ruins it you know like this should have been a th- this wasn't good by the way what they did um because again it's like if you even had a if, you, if you're a moron and you you thought this was real even for a second back when they were just on pat McAfee's show now it's like full-blown fake phony pro wrestling bullshit um the punt was cool but everything else was just like come on dude just just come on man it's just so this is like this is basically like impact with money. That's basically all it is. Uh, but yeah. So what'd you think of it? Um, and I, I, I like Pat McAfee a lot, but like, as you mentioned, they hosh out of this so quickly. I don't really know how much I care yet. Uh, if I care at all, but, um, you know, there should be some good promos between the two guys. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it was two, it was two more weeks, you know, before the takeover is going to happen. So yeah. it's not like they didn't have time. Um, but yeah, dude. And just for the record, like in case anybody's worried about it, like there's like Pat McAfee could talk circles around Adam Cole. Adam Cole may be a good promo for wrestling, but he doesn't have nowhere near as sharp of a brain as as McAfee does. So um, that's not going to go well for him unless they script it to. Uh, so SmackDown sucks. And we're not going to waste any time on it, except for I just want to 
the only point of discussion, the show, you know, there's nothing even happened, even if I wanted to talk about it, nothing happened. But we're running long and we're trying to hurry up. But anyways, retribution. Okay, that's the story of this because this is where they come in at the end and do their little takeover thing, um, in which they did everything wrong. Um, the announcer put them over. Like this must be retribution, you know, like figures. Uh, the camera goes crazy. Like they're they're switching camera angles all over the place and zooming in and out and doing all kinds of weird shit that would make no sense for them to do. Like, why are you doing that? If they're taking over your show, why are you acting like they would act if they took the cameras over? Um, five five of these guys ran over the entire performance center. Okay, which we all know all those guys are wrestlers sitting in the audience. And five of these people that, and one of which, at least one of which is a woman. Um, I think there was two girls in that group, actually. Right. That's what I thought, yeah. too. But I know yep. for sure one was. And yeah. you're going to tell me that three dudes and two chicks are going to punk out the entire, you know, per, uh, developmental roster? Should, these should have gotten the worst beating ever in the history of beatings, these guys. But instead they didn't. And they kind of ran everybody else off which is ridiculous. If you want to look at it another way, basically raw underground got beat by five guys because <laughs> it's all the same people. Yeah. All these people are in raw underground um, wearing different shirts and you're going to sit there and act like these five people could take over the entire show. That's the phoniest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, they're saying that the people under the mask that we're seeing aren't the actual, aren't the actual wrestlers. I don't know why. Maybe see, so we can't guess who it is. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. one of one of them is supposed to be Dijakovic, um, oh, yeah. which will be obvious that he's tall. Uh, <laughs> another one that they say could be Champa, based upon Dijakovic and Champa's recent cryptic Twitter stuff. Uh, the girl with the hair, they're saying it's probably that could be Vanessa Bourne. The other rumored girl is Chelsea Green. Um, so the only thing I like about this is the the mystery that we don't know who it is. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the big reveal. Whenever that happens. Other than that, I do think it's a little silly. Yeah, well, why be excited about it when you know it's just going to be more silliness? Yeah. You know, like who cares who it is? And it's not going to be any of those people, or it won't be all those people. I mean, hey, if if they call Chomp up to SmackDown, he's going to retire. That's what he said. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, this, well, this is with, with with no house shows right now because I know he wanted to limit his schedule. With no house shows, I can see him now changing his mind. But all right, you know, I can see him working yeah. SmackDown now. Yeah, now that it's the, all the same place in Florida, it doesn't make a exactly. difference. Right? Yeah. Oh, he now I'll get called up. He needs to be on a different show anyways, yeah. Hopefully Gargano's there too, I don't know. I don't want to see any of those guys anymore. I want them to retire. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, so this this whole thing is stupid. I encourage any of you that want to see how stupid it is to check it out. Uh, they brought a chainsaw in to... Uh, Cut the ropes. Ooh, cut the ropes. <laughs> the chainsaw. Wow. Wow. I've never seen anything like that before. This is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Uh, I got a 205 live note. Can you believe it? So I go and I, I click on the 205 live episode. And as I go to click on it, I'm reading the description. And the description says that Everrise is going to take on. Are you ready for this? Um, Marquise Carter and Mikey Spandex. So I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh my God, is Ever Rise gonna get a win? 
And so I turned it on, and sure enough, Everrise gets a win. Yeah. They must have been feeling so sorry for these guys like over the past few weeks. Like, man, they're trying so hard. They're putting on so much fake tan. They're standing up so straight, you know, even though they're only like five foot six. Like, we've got to do something for these guys to 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 thank them, right? This is exactly the kind of and the guys they beat were two guys that look like they would have beat the shit out of them too. So it's kind of like, you know, the ultimate rib. Even, though one, even guys, though one of his names is Mikey Spandex, which yeah. is, that's also a rib, but nonetheless. These the 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 two random guys had matching gear too, so are they the next ever rise? I mean, that's what we really have to ask ourselves. So if you didn't if you didn't if you've never seen them before and you're watching it, you would have thought ever rise were the jobbers. Yes. That's well, it, no, it would have looked like two jobbers. I wouldn't have known uh-huh. who oh, was okay. going over. Um, <laughs> but based on the fact that the other two guys had muscles, uh, I would have just assumed they would won. Yeah, if you're ever rise, you better get as jacked as possible. I I don't see those guys sticking sticking around like you know what I mean. Like I don't even know how they got signed in the first place. That's still a mystery to me. Well, it just goes to show you if you come to work and have a good attitude and do <laughs> do everything that you can that you can maybe win a match against two other jobbers with matching gear yeah. um, on a two hundred five live, which nobody watches except for me on my lunch breaks. Uh, so. Monday Night Raw, this episode was notable for one thing, the most important thing. This is how I found out about Game On, the Netflix crossover of Fluffy Iglesias and Big Show on Netflix. Eh? Eh? It's a crossover. Both their shows on Netflix are going to have a crossover show. Um, It might be a movie. It might just be a long episode. This is such a huge deal. They waited to kick off the third quarter hour before the Dawkins and Andrade match. Um, but after their entrances, of course. So, uh, yeah. So Seth Rollins, as you, you previously mentioned, Rollins and uh, Murphy beat the shit out of Dominic Mysterio with uh, a bunch of uh, kendo sticks, which why was there six kendo sticks under the ring? I don't know. But... There sure enough were, and um, yeah, this this was a this was a lot, and I have to say, as brutal as it is, I have to say that this has everything to do with Rey Mysterio in my mind. Like, oh, you're not going to sign a contract, huh? Like, you're going to make us wait, huh? You're going to do all this other stuff, huh? Like, I can just see this is this is all because of Rey. His son takes a beating now with these sticks, like a real bad beating. Um, is it went way too far for way too long, and I can guarantee you that Dominic will not get it back. Like neither one of these guys are going to be as welted up and bleeding and stuff as he was at the end of SummerSlam. I promise. Like whatever they get won't be near this. So that's just WWE for you. Um, did you see the same thing I saw? Yeah, I'm like I was trying to wonder. I'm like, what's the politics behind this? Because he was getting beaten up too bad. And, like, you know, Dominic seems like a nice kid. I'd imagine being Seth Rollins and or Buddy, it must be hard to who? beat him up so Who'd badly. you say? <laughs> Seth Rollins and who? Who? Oh, I never... Murphy. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Sorry, I was like, confused. I didn't want the audience to be confused as well, so. To be them and have to beat up a guy so badly with a kendo stick must be hard, too, you know? Uh, it was just hard to watch. I was like, fuck, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess he wanted to. 
You, they want to say AEW never has any heat. Well, I mean, I guess this was this was some pretty good heat, you know, in my opinion. Well, it is, except for this is now the same thing I'm talking about when I'm talking about uh, the retribution. Uh, you're saying you're excited because you want to see who's under the mask, and I'm and my point is who gives a shit who's under the mask because it's going to be stupid. Like they're not going to have anything planned for it. They don't have anything planned now. They probably don't even know who's going to be under the mask, which is why they have these people running around because they haven't yeah. decided yet. So right off the bat, you just know that the plan is going to be bad. And it's the same thing for this. Like if the WWE was doing awesome, good old fashioned, uh, Southern wrestling angle heat all the time. And we were really couldn't wait to tune in each week to see what was going to happen. And you gave Dominic a beating like this. I'd be like, well, this is what you sign up for, man. This is how you get some heat. But they're not. They're doing horrible. They're they're doing horrible cartoon bullshit. And in the middle of it, you beat this kid up for real. You know, it's like, and I know he's not going to get the retribution. You know, it'd be one thing if I thought Seth Rollins was going to get this beating back, but he's not. Uh, prove me wrong. Go ahead and prove me wrong if if you can. No, you're right. You're right. But well, he should he should get it them. back SummerSlam, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah, you would think so. You know, for 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 what he got, you would think that Seth Rollins would get tied up and get beat for twice as long, and twice as hard, with twice as many sticks. You know, the the Big Show should be out there beating him with these sticks, swing as hard as he can, but that's not going to happen. So what was this for? You know what I mean? You just it, it's senseless. So that's what I'm saying. It's like you stick something that would have been good in the middle of a pile of shit, and then you think it's like, well, see, we did this, you know. And the whole the whole gimmick of Seth Rollins is dumb and doesn't make sense, you know. And then you're doing this, you know. People I was trying to see. So so I was trying to see. So the candlestick. I mean, that's you know that that shit hurts, for real, obviously. But those the shots to the to the front, like the ribs. I was trying to see like where's the safe. You know, you think upper back, you'll get cool, or anywhere in the back. But like in the front, like the rib area, I'd imagine there's no real safe spot to hit anyone unless you're hitting them. Up in the chest, maybe where you get chopped, but the ribs yeah. that didn't seem really safe to me. I feel like I feel like you can probably break a rib that way, you know. Yeah, it, it could be possible. Um, it I, I noticed there were like if you saw his, I guess Dominic posted a photo right afterwards mm -hmm. of his body, and a lot of it, a lot more of them were on the stomach than I thought because it looked like when it was happening, it looked like he hit him right in the solar plexus every time. So yeah. I was just like, I was thinking, man, that's got to hurt. And I know it did. Um, yeah. But according to his own body, it looks like a lot of shots did hit him in his flabby stomach. So that's, you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, um, fuck that. Uh, then you get, as speaking of retribution and shitty angles, you know, they get a package. They get a, a recap package on Raw. You know, the terrorist group that's going around doing stuff they shouldn't be doing gets a package. Um, so this is just what makes it stand out is, uh, apart from everything else I said, and apart from everything I don't need to say, uh, think about how the WWE tries to just ignore or sweep under the rug, any negative thing that happens, you know, like if, if talent disappears for weeks without any acknowledgement of failed tests, whether it's failed drug tests or health screenings or things like that, they don't even mention other companies, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to mention AEW by name or whatever, except Sami Zayn that one time. And then, you know, they're, they're just going to act like they live in this bubble. Yet these guys come in and damage property 
and they get a recap package. You know, the first yeah, time they funny, the first time they show up, these dumbasses throw two cinder blocks through the same window. <laughs> That's the first time you see them on Raw. They're like outside yelling at the security guard. Then they throw a cinder block through the glass door. And then they throw another cinder block through the door that they just threw the cinder block through. And it just hit a small piece of glass that was still hanging on the inside of the door. (laughs) Why wouldn't they break two windows? You know, you got two cinder blocks, break two windows. That's the kind of level of intelligence that we're doing with these TV productions, you know? So... (sighs) What do you want? Um, who cares about yeah. that? Let's talk about Moss Underground, huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Riddy Moe. He's running a different show. Riddy um, Moe is now 10-0. That's right. Um, yeah, so we got to see him a little bit. Uh, uh, that guy, Arturo Ruas, who seems like he'd have a cool gimmick where he knows every martial art that exists on the planet but he usually just does jobs on NXT. Well, here he looks pretty cool. Um, and then Shane Man was like, any more challengers? Any more challengers? And nobody stepped up. But then we come back from the break and uh, Papa Kano or whatever that guy's name is, is in the ring. I guess he didn't want a piece of Arturo Ruas, huh? Or did he just show up late? I mean, you know, it's like, or if he came in there, why did they be like, oh, uh, Arturo Ruas, do you still want to get in the ring and fight Papa Kano? Well, you know, that, that's the kind of, again, that's the kind of shit they don't really think about, I guess. It's like, why wouldn't he want to fight the the cool fighting guys um you know who's not afraid of papa kano is Shayna baszler uh but she doesn't end up fighting him so shane, shane talks uh papa out of uh out of the ring and you know and then uh so shane gets to beat up uh what looked to be like two housewives and was that emily anzulis that we were talking about that time yeah that's the girl yeah yeah that's her you know, so her and two soccer moms got beat up by Shayna Baszler. Who the fuck were those women? Like who they weren't. <laughs> they were, the, I couldn't think of two, I, I, I couldn't think of in recent memory seeing two less qualified people to be anywhere in that environment than the two chicks that they got for Shayna to beat up um, before Emily couldn't take it anymore and jumped in there. Uh so anyways, yeah, at least, at least Tom like Phillips, <laughs> no, I'd never seen him before in my life. And, um, <laughs> at least Tom Phillips didn't say, Hey, that's Emily Anzulis. What's she doing here? You know, like we know, <laughs> um, I thought maybe Braun, uh, Strowman was in retribution. Maybe he's one of the people since a car was upside down in the parking lot, <laughs> but, uh, we'll just have to see. Um, <clears throat> so the show closes up with, uh, Randy and Ric Flair promo, the promo thing. Uh, once again, no one will save a legend. You got all the, uh, performance center kids standing around the ring. Nothing. Refs nowhere. Drew McIntyre way too late. Uh, retribution turns the lights out, but only so we don't see the punt. Um, this whole thing with Orton and Flair is like they did such a great promo and this whole angle, it's like, it sucks. And I don't think nobody's buying it. You know what I mean? There's not one person that believes in this. It doesn't matter like what they do. It's too late. Like you've given us so much crap that stuff like this does not matter anymore. You know, you, you, you beat up Dominic Mysterio with sticks 
And then you do this emotional thing with Ric Flair, Randy Orton, but then you got the rest of it's a clown show. So we can't enjoy these things. We can't, we can't appreciate these kind of things. So what did you think of this last segment, the promos, the angle, everything, the retribution, turning the lights out. Um, so, the, you know, retribution, I think it's silly, but it's, it's still, it's a mystery. We don't know what's happening. I, I like that. We have more questions than answers. I actually really like raw right now. I like the raw underground. I like the, the hurt business. I like a lot of things that they're doing right now. Even uh, something small, Ivar had that little promo where some chick was hitting on him. I don't know if he's doing some kind of ladies' man gimmick now or something. What? But I like when they do. Do you remember that promo? Dude, they, they've been doing that thing with you're cute, you not so much for like three months now. Is this the Have first time really? you've. That's the first time I've seen it. They did it with the cop that broke up the. Uh, Axe throwing party. They did it at the bowling okay. alley. They did it everywhere. Everywhere that they've gone, they've had some woman come up and be like, "You're cute." You really did not notice that until now. No, I, I, I think sometimes I missed over. Oh well. Anyways, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. I like it. Uh, you know, it's not like not a bunch of long matches. The segments are quicker. Stories are you know intertwining, if you will. So I'm a big fan of Raw right now. Um, as far as the Orton segment goes. I didn't like the Flair promo very much. It seemed like he was begging Orton. He almost kind of looked kind of pathetic. Um, but, I mean, you know, it is, it, is, it is what it is. Orton, you know, got some more heel heat or whatever. And, yeah. Well, it sounded like yeah. what Rick, Rick Flair sounded like, what it sounded like he was saying sounded real, didn't it? Yeah, yes, it sounded real. But he also seemed kind of, it made him seem kind of sad looking. Well, that's, you know, but like that's Rick how Flair. he is now. That's how he yeah. is now, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why it's realistic. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, he's not. What, he's not going to start, you know, strutting and dropping an elbow on his jacket or anything. You know that yeah. he he was trying to be honest, and you know that's what's supposed to get Randy Orton more heat, but it doesn't because nobody believes that Randy Orton doesn't like Ric Flair. You know, and he's just like he hits him with that fake wrestling ball shot. You know, it's like how are you supposed to take that seriously? You know, yeah. like you couldn't have, it, I was, I was waiting for the RKO, but then I was like, well, how's Rick going to take an RKO now? I wouldn't want him to. So instead they have Randy Orton do the low blow, but it's that same phony wrestling low blow. Like you would never do if you were actually punching somebody, but no one would ever do that in a real situation. You would never get down <laughs> on one knee and swing your arm up like cartoony like that. You just, nobody would do that. You would just either kick them, you know, or knee them or something like that or punch them straight up. Yeah, you're not going to do that. You know what I mean? So right off the bat, like the credibility of the entire promo goes out the window, you know, and then the punt thing, it's like, again, you're not going to take the chance of punting Ric Flair. So you had retribution, turn the lights out for one second, you know, it's like, and it's not like they said, it's not like they were putting it over. It's just, you're supposed to know that's retribution because that's what they've done before. Not like anybody said, Oh, retribution, turn the lights out. But once again, you had all this stuff happen. Like you had, him set up for the punt. So instead of that, you know, it's not enough to punch Ric Flair in the balls, you know, after he poured his heart out on the microphone, it's not enough to punch him in the balls and leave him laying. Uh, you got to punt him. So that would have been like a good spot for Drew McIntyre to run out or some referees or somebody to get in there before Randy Orton could do it. So you don't have to do that fake lights going out thing. You made it look like he was going to, and then they ran in there before he could do it. And then he gets out. So now Randy Orton looks like a bitch because he ran away, 
Ric Flair gets sympathy because he got turned on by his what he thought was his friend and he got left laying. And then Drew McIntyre and the referees or whatever look like a hero because they're doing their job trying to protect a legend. Instead, yeah. they did what they did, which was ridiculous. So once again, you know, you talk about this Raw being your favorite show or whatever, and hey, that's great. Your favorite show of all the terrible shows you watch. <laughs> it's still terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's the least terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And that's not what we should be looking at. We should be thinking about which show is the best of these awesome shows. Instead, we're like, which ter- which show sucked the least amount of dick this week? Like, how 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 little was the dick I had to put in my mouth instead of this huge, humongous monster cock that I had to put in my mouth watching this fucking show? It's just. Let me the- ask you this: What do you what do you what do you think is the best out of Dynamite, NXT, Raw, SmackDown? Um. Just, I'm still gonna say dynamite personally. Fuck, no, it's not dynamite. <laughs> no, it's NXT, but NXT still got a lot of things they need to work on. They were a lot better when they were just one hour a week, um, and they were taped. But now because they feel like they got to go live in two hours, you they really get exposed, you know, and it just doesn't work as well. But, and, and they, but their problem is they always default back to typical WWE stuff. Cause at the end of the day, it's still triple H and that's still mostly what he knows. Um, but it, at least they, I feel like they have a better, a better plan and a more traditional approach. Um, uh, raw, raw has a lot of people they could be doing stuff with NXT's biggest weakness is their roster. They got a lot of people they're not that really aren't that good. Um, and they take up the bulk of the show, which was easier to hide when you only had an hour. Uh, and now, you know, it looks like it doesn't, it doesn't look like a big fish in a small pond when Keith Lee is an NXT champion. It looks like a whale in a kiddie pool. It's like, he has no business there. He should be beating everybody. He should be beating Goldberg, Roman Reigns, The Fiend, everybody. He should, Brock Lesnar, he should be running through everybody and be on top for years. Instead, he's struggling with Cameron Grimes through two segments. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous. If there's any word that you could use to describe it, it's outrageous. You should be outraged that Keith Lee has to fucking do this shit. So, yeah. But even despite all that, I still have to say NXT is the least bad. But... Everybody else does so much horrible shit. NXT, the work is awful. Raw is like, it's there. there's no logic there. There's no consistency there. SmackDown is like the watered-down version of Raw. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. It all sucks. Everything sucks except New Japan. I just watch New Japan, but they don't have TV. They just do shows. You just watch show after show after show, and if you don't like wrestling, don't watch it. But it, at least it's better than you know, all this embarrassing uh, horse shit that has nothing to do with anything. So, you know, Mm. it's basically how I look at it. Uh, But um, that's pretty much all I've got. Did I not cover anything that we wanted to cover? I think we covered it all. I feel like like every few months there's a new wrestling show added. Now we have Dark. We got uh, the women's tournament. uh, It's kind of funny. Yeah, I got to cut some of this shit out. 
You know, we used to have like a nice hour 30, hour 45 minutes, and then they keep doing this wrestling. There's more wrestling than there is uh, before a pandemic. And yeah, it keeps getting so bad that I end up keep talking about it for way too long. And, yeah. my vo- and by the end of the show, my voice is going out. So, um, but that's okay. It's not the only voice I have. Uh, we also have voices on social media in which you can contact us and ask us uh, further questions or to elaborate on any of the other things or just let us know anything that you want to um, hit us up about. Um, and I can be found on every platform at Opinion Haver, all one word. Um, and Sergio, you can be found at. So at Twitter, you can find me at Mr. Sergezilla and Instagram at Sergezilla. That's right. Sergio, you haven't been as active on Twitter, I noticed. You know, you were kind of getting that, for a minute. Yeah. I guess it's been kind of a busy couple of weeks. Uh, I haven't really been big on social media much in general, but uh, I, I go through phases. Yeah. I Did you did you like my um, – I sent you a picture of uh, Izzy's meal prep because I figured you'd be proud, you know. Was that on Twitter? Yeah, I sent you a, me- a direct message. You didn't see it? Um, he's really not active, folks. Like I, I wasn't kidding. Uh, no? Anyways, if he opens Actually, up, I don't, I don't have that, dude. If, if he opens up his DMs, he will see a picture of Izzy's meal prep. Um, and no, I'm there. Go- I'm there right now. Okay. Uh, well, some. Uh, I guess I'll just make sure to get it to you anyway, some way. Um, but as for right now, we have been two in, and we are now out.